We pick up again in Wisdom's Call in verse 22, as she says, God created me at the beginning of their work and the first of God's acts of long ago. Ages ago I was set up, at the first, before the beginning of the earth, when there were no depths I was brought forth, when there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills I was brought forth, when God had not yet made earth and fields or the world's first bits of soil. When God established the heavens, I was there. When God drew a circle on the face of the deep, when God made firm the skies above, when God established the fountains of the deep, when God assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command, when God marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside God like a master worker, and I was daily God's delight, rejoicing before them always rejoicing in God's inhabited world and delighting in humanity. And now, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear my instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me, finds life and obtains favor from God. But those who miss me injure themselves. All who hate me love death. We celebrate the written word of scripture. Thanks, Thanks be, to, be God. to God. We celebrate the living word, Christ, among us. Thanks, Thanks be, to, be God. to God. Please pray with me. Holy wisdom, holy word, quiet our hearts and minds that we might listen for your call and find our ways to life. Amen. In the reading that I've done about wisdom, there's this sentence that has stuck with me. Wisdom is more a who than a what. To be sure, wisdom is words on the page, wisdom spoken from generation to generation, written down, handed down in proverbs and letters and stories. Here are the ways we have found that lead to more life. There's wisdom in the words we speak and sometimes in the words we refrain from speaking and in the words we write down. But wisdom also is embodied. Wisdom is ways of living that lead to more life and at some point that wisdom has to come to life. It can't just stay on the page, just words on the page. At some point, wisdom rises up off that page and comes to life. 
That's what happens here in the poetry of Proverbs 18. Wisdom rises up off the page and calls out to all who will hear, to all who will listen, to all who will live. And the first thing we notice about wisdom is that wisdom is a woman. Woman wisdom. And woman wisdom is everywhere from the beginning of time right up to now. She's at the crossroads and the sea gates and the portals. Everywhere that humans journey and meet and enter in and encounter each other, woman wisdom is there. On the heights beside the way, wisdom calls out. She calls out to us, welcoming us in, encouraging us, inviting us into life. I will speak of noble things, she says, words of life more valuable than silver or gold or any riches. Woman wisdom loves those who will love her, delighting, delighting in all creation. By her, kings rule and discover what is just. Those who find her find life. And it has been like that from the very beginning. As wisdom, woman wisdom sings on, she tells creation's story. Woman wisdom was there from before the beginning, before God made heaven and earth, before the first bits of soil. In the beginning was woman wisdom, and woman wisdom was with God. As God arced the sky over the world and set the boundaries between land and sea and brought forth life, woman wisdom there in the creating and ordering of all things. And then in this creation story, woman wisdom says, I was with God, a skilled maker, delighting in God, God delighting in me, rejoicing in God's inhabited world, delighting in humanity, woman wisdom, God, us, all creation in this dance of delight. Later wisdom writings that made it into the Catholic and Orthodox canons, but not into ours, say even more. Woman wisdom is the shaper of all things. Unique, manifold, moving, clear, loving the good, irresistible, beneficent, humane, steadfast, all-powerful. For those poets, woman wisdom is the breath of the power of God, a reflection of eternal light an image of God's goodness. Woman wisdom reaches from one end of the earth to the other, and she orders all things well. This wisdom we've been talking about for some weeks now, the ways of living that lead to more life, in Proverbs 8, she rises up off the page, alive in the world from the very beginning until now, creating, shaping, instructing, guiding, and delighting. Now, scholars don't agree on what to make of woman wisdom. What's got a wrong? Oh, I've got some construction going on. Okay. Scholars, I was worried it was Zoom, so. Um, so scholars don't agree on what to make of woman wisdom. Some say that she's God's helper. Others suggest she's the way we pulled together some ancient goddess traditions into our monotheistic faith. Others, that she is an attribute of God, God's wisdom described in female imagery. And still others, Elizabeth Johnson, among them describe woman wisdom, chokmah in the Hebrew scriptures, Sophia in the New Testament, as a female personification of God's own being in creative and saving involvement in the world. Woman wisdom is one way to speak of God. 
and of God's creating work in the world. Wisdom is where God and humanity meet in the midst of real life. In Proverbs 8, wisdom rises up off the page. God's creating, delighting work, beckoning us into life, and she's a woman. Now, why take note of that? Woman wisdom. Well, remember, the Bible is an ancient text. It's a collection of ancient texts written out of their ancient patriarchal world. And the scripture we receive reflects the world in which it was written, including the patriarchal power of that world. What we see is a world where men have structural power and women, for the most part, don't. Far too often in Scripture, and I think we've talked about this before, most recently in June, I think, in the, in too often in Scripture, women are considered property to be owned, not free human beings created to live and thrive in the fullness of their individuality. And the voices we hear in Scripture far more often than not, far too often, are male voices only. The voices of women and so many other marginalized peoples are far too often silenced. So when we hear a woman's voice in Scripture, or any marginalized voice breaking through that patriarchal world, it is no small thing, and we ought to take note. And those voices from the margins, miraculously, they're there. In Scripture, we may need to look to find them, but they have survived. In Genesis, Hagar, thrown out of the tribe because she is one woman too many left in the desert with her son to die, she's rescued by God. And Hagar has the audacity, a woman, to name God, the God who sees me. Ruth and Naomi, bereft of all the men in their life, left to wander in a wilderness, in a world where they have no power. Ruth and Naomi speak words to each other that create a world of commitment and nurture that will bring forth life on down through David, on down through Jesus. Hannah, believing herself unable to have a child, sings out to God and will not be silenced in the song she births, and the child changed the course of kings and history. Centuries later, Mary will sing a song not unlike Hannah's, announcing that the poor will be lifted up and the rich brought down, proclaiming in her woman's voice the turning of the world right side up, bearing Christ into the world in her voice and in her body. Among the many women who accompany and support and finance Jesus' ministry, a prophet woman will break a jar of oil and anoint Jesus just before he dies, preparing him not only for his burial, but also anointing him as Christ with Jesus saying, what this woman has done will be proclaimed through the ages. Out of the patriarchal world of Scripture, when women's voices and the voices of the marginalized sing through, Take note, liberation is afoot. Here in Proverbs 8, the woman's voice, we hear woman wisdom's voice speaks 
God's creating work, God at work in woman wisdom. A couple of folks on the worship team said this week that they'd never heard this scripture read in church, woman wisdom's story of creation. And I checked, and it does come up once, but only once in our three-year cycle of readings, but it's more like a side note. Once on a Trinity Sunday, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and woman wisdom. I bet there aren't many churches that turn regularly to this text, to this creation story. Woman wisdom is calling out, but we aren't listening often enough. I do remember a few years ago, you all read together as your scripture the creation story from the children's book, Big Mama Makes the World. Do you remember that? I remember that all these years later, envisioning God as Big Mama birthing and loving the world she has made. The Presbyterian Church, our denomination, has a stated commitment to using inclusive and expansive language for God. We know that what we say about God can never be complete. It's but a glimpse. Using expansive language for God means, among other things, that we think of God and speak of God beyond the confines of any one gender, that we speak of God across the broad spectrum of gender, not just he, but she and they. The more expansive God instead of the male Lord. Not just father, but also mother, brooding over her creation, birthing the world, a parent, creator. I get teased sometimes about God calling God she. I know some of you do that. One friend lovingly calls it my girl God talk. I hope I'm a good sport. And I hope that I am also stone-cold serious. There are important, life-giving, dignity-affirming reasons for thinking expansively and inclusively about God and humanity. When we gather for worship, we want everyone who comes to see themselves as part of God's story, everyone included and embraced within God's loving, saving work across history and in Jesus Christ. We want everyone everyone to see themselves made in the image of God, each of us, female, male, non-binary, transgender, across the full spectrum of gender, made in the image of God. We want Cece and June and Anders and Everett and Paula, every child, to see themselves made in the image of God, embraced in the story of God's love for the whole world. That's the world. That's the world we want to shape with the words we say and with the lives we live. As Barbara Holmes writes, if inclusion is to be meaningful, it must be on the, based on the idea that everyone and everything is included from the beginning, included in a web of life set forth from the foundations of the earth. The creation story in Proverbs 
is different from the other creation stories we read in Scripture because woman wisdom is there. From the beginning, when woman wisdom rises up off that page and speaks God's creating work, she invites us to move more expansively into the world, to think more expansively about God and ourselves and, the, and life. As one writer says, woman wisdom opens up the world rather than closes it down. She invites us to recognize that God may be about new things for new times and new spaces. I want to invite you to try something this week. I invite you to take one of your favorite Bible passages, maybe a psalm or maybe one of your favorite hymns, one that you remember from childhood or that you've recently read or sung and just love, one that speaks of God as He. Find it and read it out loud, but wherever it says He, just change that he to she or to the singular they. Just give it a try out loud. Here's an example. God is my shepherd, I shall not want. She makes me lie down in green pastures. She leads me beside still waters. She restores my soul. She leads me in paths of righteousness for her name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for God is with me. She prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. She anoints my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will come to dwell in the house of God forever. Try it. And then ask, what do you notice? At first, it may feel strange because you've never heard it like that, or maybe it will surprise you and not feel that strange at all. How does it invite you to experience that scripture or that song differently? What does it open up for you? What might it open up for others? Try it. What can it hurt? We know that God isn't a man. What could it hurt to speak of her as she or they to think of God just a little more expansively? The texts of Scripture and still too much of our tradition come up to us out of a patriarchal world. When woman wisdom rises up off the page, she smashes through the confines of patriarchy and invites us into a more expansive, freer world. She invites us to rise up in wisdom, to rise up and break through the patterns and the systems that oppress and hold folk back, to see each other, each and every other, as made in the image of God, all of us, beloved. Wisdom is more a who then a what? Wisdom rises up off the page and comes to life not only in woman wisdom, but in us, in you and in me, in all whom God has created, in all whom God delights, in all whom wisdom calls to live for life and to live to set the whole world free.